Good morning, good afternoon, and good night. Before we start, this talk show is presented by Big Water Cabins. Big Water Cabins are located in Pillager, Minnesota, located just southeast of Brainerd, about 14 miles. No matter the season, the location of this home will always provide entertainment. Close to Brainerd, Nisswa, Gull Lake, Maddens, Craggins, Cuyuna State Park, Mount Skigull, Brainerd International Racetrack, and much, much more. The property lets you take advantage of many activities in the area, including fishing, skiing, biking, hiking, shopping, golfing, snowmobiling, and once again, much, much more. There are five total cabins sitting on four and a half acres. Only two are open until May. That means just two of the cabins being open in the wintertime. The main cabin can easily sleep 10. Cabin number two is one bedroom, queen, one bath, and has a full kitchen and living room. The saloon will be open for, the, for use during the winter months. In the saloon, there is a bar equipped with a mini fridge, pizza oven, dartboard, poker table, other games, and a smart TV. During summer months, all of the cabins are open and the property can sleep up to 20. High-speed internet, Wi-Fi, or high-speed Wi-Fi, sorry, sauna, smart TVs, dartboard, poker table, gas grill, and washer and dryer all available. The property offers privacy and fun. There's so much to do and we love hosting all groups. Whether you're looking for a family reunion, friends getaway trip, team retreat, or work party, all are welcome at Big Water Cabins. Visit airbnb.com backslash h backslash big water cabins for winter bookings and for summer, spring, fall bookings, visit airbnb.com backslash h backslash big water getaway. Let's get into the show. everybody welcome back to episode seven of the bower hour good morning good afternoon and good night um this is my first take so hopefully i can nail it on the first one thank you all for listening very much appreciate it you guys are the best um if you guys have any suggestions on guests or anything you want to hear us talk about please let me know I wanted to give a shout out to Pete Gostad, one of my friends up in Fergus Falls, who started an optical company with his dad, meaning they sell name brand glasses. So like Oakley, Ray-Bans, basically any name brand you can think of, probably Nike. Um, so I will share his um, website on my Facebook and if you guys need new glasses or new sunglasses, um, yeah, they can ship you anything you want. He'd be a good guest to have on here probably at some point as well, being that he just started a business. All right, so I got to talk about our Las Vegas trip. And I, uh, I'm sitting here with my wife, Amy, who made it all possible. So shout out to her um, for being supportive and pushing us to do it and uh, 
being the best wife out there. Um, this is something that we have always talked about doing. I think the first idea was we had of it was when we were probably 23 or so, and it always comes about on random days. Oh, should we go to Vegas? Um, spontaneously, with uh, no prior plans. So we were FaceTiming, and none of us were doing anything on Saturday night. And, um, yeah, we were just brought it up again. Let's go to Vegas. And then it always is like, everyone shrugs it off. Oh, it's uh, probably not going to happen. No one takes it too serious. But for some reason, this conversation was a little more serious. And uh, Amy and I got married during COVID and then had Wrigley three months later. So I never really got the opportunity to have a bachelor party. So we kind of themed it as my bachelor party I never had. Um, And like I said, this is a reoccurring thing. So it's just something we've always kind of wanted to do. Um, No, we're not rich. We paid for the trip with like Sky Miles, found different ways to um, fund it. We all lost money at the casino, which is inevitable. Um, I think everybody loses when they go to Vegas. I don't know if I've ever actually heard of someone going to Vegas and winning. Um, So if you have gone to Vegas and won, reach out to me. Let me know your story. Maybe we'll have you on. But yeah, it started with a FaceTime. Um, We were just talking, bounced around the idea. And then we booked our flights to Vegas. And we gambled a little bit and we walked around. And uh, yeah, we we had a fantastic old time. So shout out to Jackson Anderson, Chris Howerton, and our co-host Nick Jones for making the trip happen. It was a lot of fun. I'm glad we I'm glad we went and it did our uh five year experience that we've been talking about for five years. You guys are awesome. I'm gr- I'm grateful for everybody I got in my life. Shout out to my support system. And one more shout out to Amy for being the coolest wife and uh allowing it to happen. Also, shout out to Carissa Kraus and Megan Nowak and Hannah. I don't know Hannah's last name, um, but all of our, all of us guys as ladies allowed it to happen. They're, uh, they're pretty amazing. We're glad we have you guys. This week, we have our friend Amy Menke. Amy Menke was a Division I hockey player at the University of North Dakota, and then she went on to play professional hockey over in China, where they played most of their games over in Russia, which are two pretty pretty uh, talked-about countries nowadays. So she kind of talks about, yeah, I don't need to explain too much. Honestly, I'm just going to say, let's get into it. 
All right. Welcome back to this will be episode seven of the Bauer Hour. We got our co host back, Nick Jones. Glad to be back. And Nick actually got this guest, so I'm going to let you bring it in, Nick. We have a very special guest with us tonight. Amy Menke um, had quite the hockey career at University of North Dakota, where we actually met, started dating one of my good friends, and had a career after college as well, professionally, in some very interesting parts of the world, and we're really excited to have you on. Thanks for having me, guys. I'm excited. (laughs) We're excited to have you. We are. Yeah, this should be fun. So before we before we get into you know your story and your hockey career and everything, I wanna I wanna kind of ease into that. Um, there's kind of a trending topic going around the internet right now. Is there more doors or wheels in the world? So I've heard this question a lot, and it's definitely wheels. See, I disagree. For sure. I say I say doors for sure. I just think that. You can't count cars, take that argument out of the picture, because every car has four wheels and four doors, typically. But then the thing that swayed me was seeing a video on the factories, like Amazon facilities and anything with conveyor belts. There's so many wheels. And then there's some some, like Lego conspiracy about Hot Wheels, you know, and like, or Hot Wheels or something like that, and Lego. There's like millions of wheels. So if those count... It's Which wheels. they should. I think so. Yeah. I would say they count. Yeah. If like a window or a door on like a dollhouse counts, then co- toy cars counts too. For so sure. what's the Which don't that? typically have doors or working, yeah, or working doors usually. Yeah. I so, just think about like know. cupboards and refrigerators and ovens and... Which all probably have wheels on them too underneath, right? Yeah, that's true. Except <laughs> for the cupboards. Yeah. Refrigerators? Refrigerators. Probably, probably have, have four wheels. wheels, yeah. Somewhere on there? Probably little dinky plastics, but yeah. I would think in ovens. Well, you might have just changed my Microwaves have that, three honestly. little wheels that make that thing spin. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. I want to hear a good argument know. for the door side Me too. Because there has to be, I mean, change if there's a debate, opinion. if there's some yeah. kind of debate here. I feel like that's what I've heard. Well, that's then people, all I've heard People so say like office doors. buildings... And it's like, okay, but they're, think of the office chairs. You know, think of, I don't know. I think it's wheels. Yeah, I think, uh, and every car has four doors, though. So all those Hot Wheels that you're talking about, you can match up the but doors. The, but the, if the, the doors don't open, does it count as a door? Next so I guess door. I don't know, like, the intricacies yeah. and what counts as a door yeah. and what doesn't. Yeah. If it has Honestly. hinges, is it a door or... Like, I does don't a window know. count as a door or Yeah. That's the thing. I don't But then I don't know. but then you open it up to like like a hinge, like a door hinge. There there I saw some definition of a wheel and it's like anything that serves a purpose of making something spin or you know what I mean? There is something some yeah, loophole. Yeah, yeah. So then people are like, Okay, well it's clearly wheels if we're gonna be like specific like that. So you're all in on wheels. I'm all in on wheels. You probably can't change my own opinion, but you can try. <laughs> the internet's so funny. Yeah, it's so stupid. Yeah, what a random know. topic to talk yeah. about. <laughs> but I thought that was just funny to bring up, and I thought it needed to be addressed. It's it a did. good way to start. It actually <laughs> yeah. did. A debate. 
So where did you grow up? Shakopee. Shakopee. Yeah. Okay. Yep. And then you played college hockey at UND. Yes. So that's where I met my co-host, Nick. We were actually, we started a band in college too called Wall Paint. Not, oh my god! Not a lot of people know about that, but we bonded pretty quickly in college. We did. He was a roommate of my boyfriend, Jake, and we picked up our little guitars and Meg, Nick's Meg's girlfriend, was our singer. She proved that real quick. So yeah, we go, we go way back, me and Nick. We do. Yep. I'd like to hear a wall paint song. Well, we're still working on them, but um, nothing's released yet, but things are in the works. (laughs) Yeah, it's all in production at the moment. Yeah, COVID really put us back a couple (laughs) years too, so. No live shows was tough. Yeah, it was. Yeah. I know. Dang. We'll get back to it though, someday. So you started in Shakopee. Yeah, yep. So I did high school all the way through Shakopee. Um, girls hockey, you, you go right to college. You don't typically take any gap years or play juniors. So after Shakopee, I went right to UND, did all four years there. Luckily just made it out before they cut the program. So that was good for me, not so good for my teammates that were younger. But yeah, I was, I was fortunate to have all four years. There. Is that still cut? Do they yeah. not have a girls hockey team there? No. That's crazy to me. Isn't it? Like, such yeah. a premier hockey school with great facilities. How do they not? Yeah. It's wild. It The the crappy thing is that cutting a women's D1 program, there's only, I'd have to look it up, there's like 30 in the nation. So it's not like, it's not like you're taking away, you know, one of 100,000 spots. You're taking away like one out of 30 teams. That's a lot. There's yeah. only 30 women's yeah, hockey teams? Yeah, there's... There's not a lot. Division one? Mm-hmm. It's something like that. I'll have to check my... I'll have to fact check myself, but it's like 32. It's not a lot. Jake, can you fact check that? How many D1 women's teams? That, that, I mean, that's that's wild. That is yeah. crazy. Because then you think about, what is there, 30 gals on a team? Yeah, t- like 25. 25? Yeah. Yep. 30 girls, and then there's probably 25 that make the active roster, and then maybe five healthy scratches. teams across four conferences. 36 yeah. teams across four conferences. Wow, that's wild. Yeah, that's so small. when you take one team away, a Division One team away, think of how many opportunities that's taking away from a high school girl player that's looking to play Division One. That's horrible. Yeah. And what was the reasoning behind it? Wasn't it, was it money? Because we spent 1.2 mil a year. <laughs> we spent a lot. Oh, so, wow. like, in the end, so I'm thinking of the, the grander scheme, right? They, if they didn't cut us, they would have had to cut five sports combined. To reach what we spent. We spent so much money. Mm. We spent way too much money. So, in spent a way... money on what? Travel, equipment. I mean, I don't think they pay for the ice time at the Ralph. Because it's... I think they pay like a dollar. There's some rumor about Ralph like gives the school the rank for nothing. But yeah, it's like travel. Um, equipment's just... Like my, my setup alone probably is two grand you think at least with skates being skates can be a grand and then all it's probably way more than it's probably like five grand sticks at cost or at what college people get them at is probably like at least 100 or 200 bucks a pop and i got like 15 to 20 sticks so it's like you spend a lot of money so could they not just cut expenses a little bit for sure and like maybe think about it before just but the problem was was that we weren't on the chopping block so had we known 
had like our, you know, our, who managed our team or who managed our finances probably known we were on the chopping block for sure. We would have cut back expenses, but what we were told was in the beginning of the year, my senior year, that they brought teams in and said, tell us why we shouldn't cut you. And we were never brought in. So there was like representatives from like the volleyball team, the basketball team, the soccer teams. This is what I heard. I think it's true. But they all went in and gave their pitch as, as to why they shouldn't be cut. And we weren't invited as the women's hockey team because we weren't an option. So that's why it was weird at the end of the year when they said, oh, you guys are cut. It was like a shock to all of us. That's crazy. Yeah. Didn't they cut their baseball program too? Yeah, the year was before. That this, the year before. And men's golf the year before. So there were budget cuts happening all over the school. They cut like the media program. They cut a lot of arts. Which is crazy but. to me because you see what's happening at UND now. They have put a ton of money in that school. <laughs> yeah. That we, like yeah. going from what we went to to now, you don't even recognize the school. Yeah. Like the student union is just lit. There's like a Chick-fil-A in there. Yeah. <laughs> Could you imagine oh if God. there was a Chick-fil-A when we weren't there? Yeah. But yeah, it's a bummer. It The the thing that I am sad about too, I mean, it, there's a lot of things that are sad about it, but when I graduated, I didn't have a team to root for. So it's like I'm seeing all my friends that, you know, played at other schools going back for their alumni weekends. And it's like, dang, now I was just watching for the last, actually the a girl just graduated this year. She got six years of eligibility because she was a red shirt at UND. Then she transferred to Mercyhurst. So she still had four years of eligibility. She transferred to Mercyhurst, played there for two years. Then she transferred to Wisconsin. So she went to three division one schools, played at Wisconsin for two years. Then COVID happened. So they all got one more year of eligibility. So she just finished this year. That was the last girl I played with who was still in college hockey. So it was like, now starting this next year, I won't have anyone like any alum, you know, team to cheer for. Because before I was just cheering for my individual friends and my teammates. Dang, but, that stinks. Yeah. That does stink. I was so looking forward to going back to the Ralph and just boozing up in a suite and with all my friends and everyone coming back together and supporting the girls and hitting the town. That would have been so fun. But It's just so crazy because you think UND, you think hockey. Yeah. Like, and yeah. why would they not? That's why I went there. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. The guy's hockey team is, yeah. you know. One of the better teams, obviously. And yeah. I hope someday it'll come back. I mean, I'm hopeful that whatever president or whoever makes these decisions will reinstate it someday. But until then, I don't know. There's I kind of have a little bit of resentment. I love UND. I loved my time. But it's like, dang, I left on a pretty bitter note. Totally. When yeah. the Alumni Association reached out immediately that summer and was like, can we ask you for donations, I think I told them to F off. It was like, don't contact me again until you have a women's hockey team. For real. Then we'll talk. I might not answer the call until they have a women's (laughs) hockey team. That's kind of ridiculous. Yeah, you're fired up. That's a wall paint member, fellow member. I have to stand with with my band. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) That's crazy. Yeah. Well, they had a lot of money to spend elsewhere, it sounds like, adding the Chick-fil-A and saving the oh. money in the women's hockey and the baseball. Yeah. And, and the, the I mean, the men's team doesn't cut a single expense, but they are also the only team on campus that brings in money. The men's hockey team. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They, I mean, they fund everyone else's sports. And there was a kid, we played up in the War Road Celebrity Golf Tournament. My, a couple of my teammates are Marvins. They live up in War Road and big hockey family. And they invited us to their golf tournament in War Road. And Christian Willannon came as a celebrity because he was a men's hockey player. 
he now plays for a team on the NHL. I don't know, in the NHL. But he comes in with his UND embroidered bag, his golf bag, to this tournament. And I'm like, oh, sick. They're just cutting women's hockey and they're just giving the men's golf bags. Yeah, what? The men's hockey team golf bag. Yeah, anyways. Seems off. Yeah. But they also get a lot of private funding, I think, from their alumni. So I can imagine. you can't blame them. Yeah. Yeah, you can't blame them. It's a tough argument because if they're the only profitable yeah. team, it's like you can't dog them. Definitely you can not. Definitely dog and they like they the, earn it. They sell out this the whole rink yeah, every right. single game. It's like, yeah. But like, I wonder if the football team at UND brings in any money. I heard that it was only the men's hockey team that, that turned sense. a profit. Yeah, they got a and nice... that would make sense why they have all the money and yeah. why they can have golf bags. And... Yeah. Yeah. You treat them like celebrities. You treat them like because kind of they are. Yeah. They're the ones that bring yeah. in the money. And they don't. So I mean, there's sounds. no NHL team up in North Dakota, so right. And then they it's the Title it. Nine rule, right? Where if they cut baseball and they cut golf, they have to also cut a woman's sport. Yeah. So the title, the title, excuse me, the Title Nine is um, scholarships. Right. So and it's and I don't even think it's individual scholarships. I think it it might even just be percentage of scholarships. So like if a team gets. 20 scholarships, but you can spread that out over 40 kids. I think you're just talking about full 20 scholarships. So like, I I know some teams are different and have different advantages at schools because one school can offer, like the Gophers could offer 25 full rides where UND was only budgeted 16, but you still have to feel the full team. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes total sense. So when it comes to cutting scholarships, you could cut a pro, like swimming and diving, which might affect... 50 people, but maybe you're only cutting 10 full scholarships that get split up over 50 people. 50 people. Yeah. I don't know. These are just rough numbers, but... Yeah, and 10 full sense. scholarships for 50 people would be a lot for a women's swimming team. But, <laughs> like, yeah. to give an example, at Mankato, I think we were able to offer... It was either three or five full scholarships for, like, a 40-man roster. That's... Yeah, that's three crazy. Three five. That's it. Very small amount. Yeah. So three to five full rides, and you had to split that up between all 40 guys. So, yeah. like, we had guys on $500 scholarships, $1,000 scholarships. Wow. If you were, like, really, really good, you probably were on, like, twenty-five to maybe $3,000. That's okay. Cr- that's, well, that's crazy. A lot. For man, I mean... For Mankato, that yeah. Is a lot. That, that covers a, lot, a semester, though? Right. Yeah. Oh, that's the whole year, the 3000 a year. Yeah. Oh, yeah, so that not not a lot, not okay. a ton. I was thinking like a semester you get that, but yeah, wow. But three out of forty, so the best. I mean, you give them to the best players or whatever. And then you and have a lot of walk-ons too. Tons of walk-ons, yeah. yeah. Wow. And then you obviously like throughout the years, people would allow it and guys' scholarships get cut and yeah, kind of guys get added on. So yeah, yeah, they figure it out, but. I don't know. It's not a lot of money. So if you're looking to play Division Two baseball, you know, there's not a whole lot of money in it. Yeah. Yeah. And even Division One baseball, I don't think it's too much different. The Gophers probably get like 10 scholarships, maybe maybe a little bit more, but they're not profitable. Yeah. But I think probably just the experience of playing a college sport, you're not even thinking about that. Oh, yeah. As much. For sure. Like I would have money. I would have you know? paid. Right. Like I love hockey so much, I would have paid. Exactly. Yeah, 100%. To, to play. Right. And plenty of people do. I mean, we do. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So how many scholarships did the women's team have in total, do you know? I don't remember. Okay. I'm not sure. But 
whatever it was, it ended up equaling whatever they needed to cut, I think, to make up from the men's baseball and men's golf. So then it just made sense, I think, to cut us because we spent, like, way too much a year. Hmm. They would have only affected 25 people or 30 people on my team versus probably 50 people total if they cut five different sports. So To me, it just seems lazy to just cut it. Like, let's open the books here yeah. and see where we can cut some cost and try yeah. to, you know, I don't know. I mean, that was, a, that was talked about. Like, do they want to f- try to fundraise? Because the golf team did that. I think the golf team fundraised enough to maybe – was it like one more year or something? But then I don't even know if they did it. Just couldn't keep up. I don't remember. It, yeah, that that happens a lot. And they actually, Robert Morris University for Women's just got cut also this last year. And they they fundraised and I think are bringing it back. Sweet. But it's how is it sustainable? That's the problem. You're not just going to live on donations then. Yeah. You have Unless to have like a sustainable. I mean, it's a business. Unless you win a championship. I know, but does that pay? I don't but think does that, that pays. Bring in money? Maybe. I don't How? I wouldn't say it would. Fans? I mean, for one game, for like one championship game. But the arena game. probably yeah. takes all that money. And the that travel to get there. And yeah. the travel to get there. And yeah, and the housing. Yeah, it's expensive. So, I don't know. But it the was... more championships you win, the more fundraising you'll likely get. So, like, if the women's hockey yeah. won a championship, then alumni women would be more likely to fund the women's hockey team to keep it around. Right. Yeah. And I do think, I mean, I when I look back, we got progressively worse every year statistically that I was there. So it's like when I when I came in as a freshman, we were we almost made the national tournament, which is for women, it's like eight teams, not a lot, but we missed it out by one game, and then we just got progressively worse, and our stats got worse. So in a, in a way, I'm like, dang, if we would have been better, would we have would the season or like would the team would have got cut? I don't know, hard hmm. to know. So, so what do you attribute the uh, getting worse to? Our, our stats, like our records. I know, but like, why is it because the coaching oh. was just the coaching was bad, or the recruiting was bad, you know, or I don't know. Honestly, I don't know because we had good recruits. We did lack a little bit, and actually, it was kind of fake because we lacked a little bit on the recruits for the class below mine. So, what who would have been juniors when they cut our program? We didn't have a single junior because girls ended up leaving or being asked to not return. And then we had a couple red shirts that decided to either play or they decided to just not take their senior year. But it ended up actually working out because then no one had just one year of eligibility. Because try to imagine trying to find a school that's going to take you for one year and give you scholarship money. You're probably not going to find it unless you're the leading scorer on your team. So in a way, it was kind of maybe fate that our that year's recruiting class was kind of bad, but or there was it was non-existent. But yeah, I don't know. So everyone at least had two full years of eligibility, which worked out in everyone's favor. Everyone ended up playing somewhere else except for one girl who was Hungarian. She wanted to stay at UND. And she, so. she like she didn't take any other. No, she just wanted to, I think she really liked living in America and she wanted to just finish school and she ended up getting married and just didn't play anymore. So, but everyone else went everywhere, literally everywhere. So that was fun to see too. Cause then I could follow every team, not just one team, but trying to find the bright side in it. <laughs> <laughs> so you obviously, after college, you went to play off in other, you know, 
you in China, right? So right after college, I did what's called the Minnesota Whitecaps, which at the time didn't have a league. It was it's been a team for twenty plus years. All we did was, or all they did was, play like college teams sometimes for exhibition games, and it was based out of Minnesota. It's just pretty much for fun. So I did that, but then um, I got an opportunity. Someone reached out to me and said, "Do you want to play in Sweden?" So then I went to Sweden for three months and played in Stockholm. So when you graduated, did you immediately start playing, or was there a buffer? There was like a buffer period. Because at the time, too, I was a little bit maybe still in the USA program. So I'm like, well, I can't leave. I felt like I couldn't leave the the United States. But looking back, I'm like, dang, I should have done one full year in Sweden. But instead, I just played the last six regular season games. And then I joined a team for, like, for playoffs. The USA program is in the women's like Olympic team? Yeah, kind of. Not like on their team, but you can be in their program. So you're on their radar. So, like, in college, I made the U-22 national team, which is, like, you play a couple scrimmages against Canada. Nothing too serious. At least USA's program, they don't send a team to Worlds or anything. But you you do camps, and you do you all get together, and you basically just keep trying out for USA to keep staying in their program. So then when a Worlds team comes around or an Olympic team comes around, you can hopefully maybe make that roster. But I never did. So was this in Ann Arbor, like the men's USA? No, women's does it a bit differently. Everyone just kind of goes back to where they live. So people live all over the place. And then you come together, like in August, you'll come together and do a like a two-week-long camp. So you'll meet in, sometimes it's Blaine, sometimes it's uh, Lake Placid. And you'll just, you'll dorm and you'll do these camps and they'll do fitness testing and just make sure that you're still good. And then eventually they'll stop talking to you <laughs> speaking from experience <laughs> yeah so are you getting paid i mean is, it, is there any money involved or is there... so you're only paid and usa hockey pays really well now they've since fought and won some um lawsuits or whatever it may be to get so now they get paid so they actually make like 80 grand i want to say like 70 80 grand if but that's only if you're on the national team so a player like me that's fighting, trying to get to the national team, trying to stay in shape to make that, doesn't see a cent. And if you miss a couple camps, and once you're on that national team and you miss a couple camps, like they don't invite you because they, you know, trying to prove a point, like you got to get better or you're not going to make it, they can cut your salary, like you're done, which has happened. So it's not a very, it's reliable income and it's great income when you have it, but it's cutthroat. And then someone like me or a girl that's in between, you know, college now where I don't have a real team to play for, it's really hard to make that leap then if you didn't make it in college. And so did you have a job too at the same time while you were trying to train and everything? Or like, yeah. I, I remember you worked somewhere. But I, I yeah. Remember. At that time, like right out of college, I worked for my hometown in Shakopee. Um, it's called Valley Sports. It's like a little sporting goods store. And I, it was at the time, it was supposed to be like a three-month kind of thing I was helping them just implement their new system in their store and my mom worked there so I'm like I don't know what I want to do yet like I'll apply for jobs and I'll just do this for the summer well then you know how that goes then you end up staying a little bit longer and then I was like okay once I kind of reached the point where I'm like I gotta I gotta find something new that's when the Sweden thing brought itself up and then I was like perfect I'll go to Sweden for a couple months come back then I'll figure out what I want to do so that's what I did that's awesome yeah 
if I got a knock on the door for to do anything in Sweden, I would I would do it. <laughs> yeah, and our team was it was I played on Year Garden, um, and they're out of Stockholm, so it was by far the best location because you can be put in like Lexand, Sweden, or um, there's teams all over Sweden that can be in you know no middle of nowhere, surrounded by snow and nothing else. But we were smack in the middle of Stockholm, so we could take the trains, we could take the subway, you know, anything, and we just explore all day and then practice at night. It was sweet. And so what level was that, like, league or, you know, yeah, league at, I guess? Yeah, that's like a women's pro league. So there's a couple women's pro leagues around the world. Um, So Sweden, I guess, would be, Sweden's probably the best one at the moment. They don't you just don't make money. You don't, like, they pay you. They pay you to a little bit, and then they'll pay for your housing, and sometimes they'll give you, like, a food stipend, or they'll give you actual food. Like, when we were there, they'd, they'd give you grocery bags full of things that I didn't know what they were, sometimes potatoes or chunks of meat, and they'd be like, okay, good luck. <laughs> You'd be like, okay, try to eat this. Um, but, yeah, you don't make money. You don't come out positive after you do that. You're doing it for the experience of it. So were you, I mean, what, were you starting? Did they come bring you on and like, how did they find you? How oh, did they like yeah. come to? So they brought on me and do you remember Grace and her from college? Yeah. Grayson was one of my roommates. Yeah. And then another one of our teammates, Hallie Krasaniak, they brought us three. So it's kind of, it's pretty common over there because they do, it's like a playoff push. So they call up girls like me that are kind of fresh out of college and they say, do you want to come play? Sometimes they'll throw a little bit of money. It's nothing crazy, and then you can help their team try to win. We didn't win, but gave it a good shot, and we had fun. <laughs> what do you mean you had fun? We did. We lived the life. Like you, it was the best. We, I'd sleep in till noon if I wanted to. We'd get up. Me, Hallie, and Grayson would meet at a train station, and we'd go find a coffee shop. And in Sweden, they're all about their coffee shops. So you'd fika is what it's called. F-I-K-A. And that's the time of day where you go and have coffee and you relax. It's like a, it's like a mandatory thing in Sweden. So you, you fika. You, go, you leave your work usually and you go have your cup of coffee to relax. It's awesome. So we'd go and we'd, we tried to never hit the same coffee shop twice because there's thousands in Stockholm. So we'd get off at a random stop. We'd wander the streets till we found a coffee shop. And then we'd grab a coffee in like a Danish or... A dessert sit there for an hour or two use their wi-fi and then we'd wander the streets we'd come back home and we'd practice at like seven at night and then we'd wake up and do it all again we did that for three months <laughs> oh my god <laughs> i didn't look at my bank account once because i didn't want to and i got home <laughs> and i got my statement in the mail and i was like oh, i think i spent like four grand on co- like fika <laughs> in three months i spent a lot of money Fika time. <laughs> yeah. I think everyone needs yeah. a little fika time in, in yeah. around here. I know. Jeez. Yeah, we got to take that back. It was sweet, though. I kind of miss it. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds awesome. Grinding, so were you playing in games music. during that time? Like. Yeah, yeah. So then you'd play games here and there, too. We only I only had six regular season games, and then I think we ended up playing maybe five playoff games before we lost. So not a ton of hockey wow. while I was there. And then I stayed for a couple extra weeks, and Jake came over, and we went to, like, Iceland, um, and then went back to Stockholm. I remember that. Yeah. So I tried to make the most of it while I was there, but 
Yeah, no regrets. I think if anyone has the opportunity to do something like that, drop your real life and do that, you'll never regret it. There's no way. Yeah, we had a little taste of that. Uh, Mitch and I, we backpacked Europe for a couple of months and just kind of dropped it all. Yeah. Didn't, didn't look at the bank account. <laughs> yeah, and just that's what you got to do. Sent it a little bit. So yeah. it, it is, yeah, that is something everyone needs to do for sure. Yeah. How was that? Where did you guys go? We went uh, kind of all over. We Amsterdam, um, Munich, Germany, Prague, Barcelona. You guys went to sweet places. Now that you're saying all this, I remember your stories. Yeah. And seeing it. all the cool stuff. Well, yeah, we did some cool stuff. but It was quite the trip. Maybe we'll have to do an episode on the trip someday. We might have to do a trip and do episodes everywhere we go. <laughs> you know what? That's a way better idea. <laughs> That's a good That's idea. That's a way better idea. Dang, why didn't we have a trip for this episode? I know, we should have gone somewhere. Shoot. Next it's time. For, it's for business. I got to take off work. For <laughs> recording a podcast. <laughs> So the fi- the fika was that kind of like the highlight that you look back on Sweden, Stockholm, or you yeah. were th- how long were you there for, and what like, was kind of the highlight of when you were there? Yeah, we were there for three months, and it was I don't I don't even know it's kind of a blur. I literally I remember just exploring the streets, and we got there it was like midwinter it felt like, and then we ended and it was like spring. So it was kind of nice to see Stockholm in that sense. You got to see a little bit of everything, I guess. I heard it's really pretty in the summer, though. I would almost want to go back. But at this point, it's like I had, there's so much of the world that I want to see. I've learned that now, too, doing more traveling, that I'm like, I wouldn't go back to Stockholm only because I want to make my way to other places. But, yeah, I don't know. I, just, I had fun. It was just, it was like you can't be living a life where you have no stress. There was no stress. Other than where's the next coffee shop you're going to go to? And can you find Wi-Fi and don't get lost on the way? And if you do, try to find Wi-Fi. <laughs> Be on time to practice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which wasn't hard. We'd get home and we'd eat dinner and then go to practice. And Was there like lifting or... A little you know, bit, yeah. Conditioning yeah. stuff like that. Nothing crazy. We probably didn't put on any muscle when we were eating our faces off every day with <laughs> sweets <laughs> and yeah, literally like cake. Yeah, it was it was fun. So that lasted three months. Yeah. And then you came back home? Yeah. Then I came back home. That's when I took, I would say, what I call my first real job, which is like Hold an on, office quote, job. Real job. Yep. Wasn't Big it a girl beverage job. company? No, Every this was, was a uh, manufacturing sales. Pro, okay. Yeah. Protolabs. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. So I was like inside sales, got my first real taste of what an office job looks like. I actually liked it a lot. I mean, it was a young sales floor. There was like 100 people on the sales floor that were all ranging from fresh out of college to like 40 years old and my cousin worked there he had a good group of friends there still talk to a lot of those people today um which I actually kind of miss like the office life it's fun but at the same time it was a grind and so then during that year the Minnesota Whitecaps so the team that I was on right after college here they joined the NWHL which is the National Women's Hockey League so at the time, there were four teams in that league, and then the Minnesota Whitecaps became the fifth. So it was the inaugural season, so I tried out for that, made the team, and then that was, uh, I don't know how many games we play. It wasn't a ton, and you didn't make, like, I'm, my salary that year was four grand. Like, you're not making any money, really. Over how much time? 
a ho- like a normal hockey season, probably September to March. Seven, eight months. Yeah, and you'd pra- we'd practice two to three days a week in St. Paul, so I'd be doing a lot of driving. Like I probably didn't make any money on the deal. Right. Um, paid for your own equipment, your own sticks, like stuff like that. It still very much new. We had twenty um, from UND, so. I still have a lot. Yeah, if anyone's looking for a righty, that's a 65 flex. Hit me up. I have a lot. (laughs) I stole a lot, too. And I, yeah, I still have a lot. (laughs) Probably not supposed to sell them. Yeah, probably not. No, actually, I think you you can after college. Well, if your program gets cut. Yeah, what are they going to do? Yeah, and you walk away with a lot of sticks. What are they going to do with them? From previous girls. Yeah, what are you doing? What team? We're just not trying to incriminate anyone. (laughs) (laughs) Speaking, one of my friends did that, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But yeah, the Whitecaps was sweet. We ended up winning the whole thing. It was our inaugural season. And we played at that, um, the rink in St. Paul that the Wild practice at. If you guys have ever been, it's kind of overlooks St. Paul. It's got one side's all glass. Is it the depot? No. No, that's downtown Minneapolis. It's uh, Tria. It's called the Tria Rink, but oh. it's the Wilds practice facility. It's a sweet rink. It, I think it holds like 1,000, 2,000 people maybe, just one side of stands. But we'd sell it out every game. It was, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, and it was um, – we definitely could have had a bigger rink. Like we could have fit way more. People weren't going to our games because they didn't get tickets. And that was a lot of fun. And – we ended up winning the whole thing. We did a little victory tour. We, like we got to go to a wild game. We went to we sang the opening song or the eighth inning stretch at the Twins game. Seventh inning stretch. Seventh inning. What did I say? Eighth inning, inning stretch. I'll block myself. Our baseball specialist called <laughs> yeah, me on that should, one. She should know. I mean, you, now yeah. you know. Now I know the seventh inning stretch. Yeah, I think well, I. If you cur- <laughs> there's I another game where, if, if like I correct you, you can sniff me. Oh. And it's like you kind of just saying like, "Don't correct me," you know. Oh God! So, so you can block a uh, correction or uh, whatever. So if I correct you and I know that you're gonna sniff me, I can block oh. you. Oh, okay. Yeah. Game on. Maybe you'll get into that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Game on. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, you, the the Timberwolves had us on the court. We had a sweet. It was a fun like two months after we won. That sounds like a blast. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. Screw the money. I mean, that's just... Yeah, yeah you, and, you but again, it. it's like yeah. I don't do this stuff because I am looking to have a cash grab. I'm doing it because I like it, and I had a lot of friends. A lot of my friends in life are hockey friends. Right. Um, so, yeah, you do it because something to do, and it keeps you in shape, and it's fun, and I like it. So, yeah. So what year did that, that end? Was that 2017 or 18? That would have been... Yeah, that would have been... 18 I think because then the following year that's when I got the opportunity to play for China or to play in China so I didn't do two years I only did one year of white caps um, but yeah so then I was still working my job at Proto Labs during all of that so I was working full-time while then playing professional quote-unquote hockey which was like nights and weekends um, and then then I got the call for my UND coach so our program got cut he was jobless for a little bit maybe like a year or two and then he got the job to be the head hockey coach in China for a team called Vanky Rays and then he called a couple UND girls called me and was like Manx 
come play for China. And I was like, Brian, I'm an adult now. Like, <laughs> the Manx, a... come play for the Manx. Yeah, <laughs> for the Vanky Manx, come play for the Manx. The Vanky yeah. Manx. <laughs> the Vanky Rays. And I was like, first of all, you're nuts. I think I told him, and I, I remember telling people, like, there's a, there's a 2% chance I'm going to play in China. I'm like, you know, it's, I'm not going to say it's, I'm not, I might not go, but like, no, I'm not doing that. It's nuts. And was that because you were trying to start your career? Well, yeah, I thought, you know, you get the, everyone's telling you like, oh, you can't jump jobs. You know, your resume is going to look bad if you leave a job after a year. It's your first job. Like you got to stay in it. And I'm just like, I hate this job. And I'm at this point now could just go play hockey again. And I'm like, at the same time though, I have a family here. My sister had a kid and I'm like, I want to see that my niece grow up. So I'm like, dang, things are pulling me now. Pros and cons list. Sounds like yeah. a classic yeah, scenario. Classic scenario. <laughs> classic scenario of choice. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So then I guess what really swayed me, and I, I, I backtrack on my statement about money grabs, but China was throwing out a lot of money to pull in players like me as um, ambassadors for the sport because they were hosting the upcoming Olympics. So this past Olympics in Beijing. Mm-hmm their government was putting in a lot of funds into growing their national team players so they didn't get embarrassed out there. And they've been doing that for the last eight years or so. So I was I heard a little bit about what girls were making playing on this team, and I was like, dang, that'd be nice just to play. Like, that's the only – aside from being on a USA or Canada national team, no one pays or makes money like that playing women's hockey. You just don't. So there's this China team, there's the USA national team, and there's the Canada national team. So that's a really unique opportunity. Yeah, very. So then I was like, dang, okay. And they offered me some money, and I said, you know what, that's not even what I'm making here at Proto Labs. Like, no. So then they went up a bit, and I was like, no. And then I was like, what about this? And they were like, we could do that. And I was like, you're kidding. Okay. (laughs) So then I went. And... The rest is history. The power of negotiation, right? Yeah. That, that's perfect. Yeah, and I probably could have asked for more. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah. Knowing knowing what I know now too, they they would have probably paid more. Like they throw around they were throwing around money left and right. Like, here's an example. Our team, this guy named Billy, he funds the Vanky Rays men's and women's program. He's the backbone. He's this billionaire guy from China. Don't know what he does. Unsure. Um, but he would come in and he did this to us to get to the championship game and on that team he said win this game and you guys 5000 each US dollars and we're and then he left and we're all like did he say cuz there's a language barrier right like he's coming in there he's he's trying to man he doesn't speak great english and we're like did he mean win this game we win $5000 or and is it each is it split up amongst everyone or and then I think our head or one of our Chinese coaches was like, no, it's like win this game to get to the championship game and he's going to give you all $5,000. And we're like, okay, say less. So then we won. <laughs> yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. And I heard he did, he did way bigger amounts for the men's team that plays in the KHL, like the Russian, the legit Russian league. They, they, their incentives were huge, like a lot, like 30 grand, like win this game, 30 grand each. But that team also made him money, and, I mean, it's men's hockey, too. They have a bigger following, um, but we were thankful for his yeah. money because this guy had a lot of it, and he was willing to share. So 
I'm skating hard for five grand. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) No kidding. But yeah, and then we ended up winning the whole thing, uh, like the whole league, and there was bonus money with that too, and you'd get bonus money for wins, and if you were like the leading scorer on the team, you got an extra like five grand. I wasn't, but the girl that was ended up with like 15 grand extra in bonuses just because she was like the leading point getter, leading goal scorer, stuff like that, so... So I want to take go back to like when you actually left. Like you decided to go. Yeah. And so I mean that was obviously a big decision. You had to talk to everyone and then actually do it. Yeah, I mean there was tears. There like there it was a hard decision. It and in the end of the in grand scheme of things, I'm like you know what I'm only gonna be gone for it was like seven months. It wasn't even crazy. It was like September to March. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, and then I was like, well, I get to come home for Christmas. I get to come home for two weeks there. And then I found out later I got to come home again for two weeks for Chinese New Year. So in the end, I mean, that was a month at home. I was there for six months. So. And then you mentioned like the language barrier. Was there like a lot of different people on this team from everywhere? Or was it like a lot of Americans or like? It was probably half, half North Americans. So Chinese or sorry, Americans or Canadians that spoke English, obviously, and then probably half Chinese natives. But then a lot of the girls, too, were, we call them heritage players. So they'd have Chinese blood, but they're from the United States or Canada. So a lot of them were playing because they want to experience their heritage, right? But they're full Canadian, full American. And then there was probably, and we would call us, honestly, just the white people, like people like me that have no Chinese blood. And we were, there's maybe five of us white people and then there was maybe 10 heritage players and the rest were Chinese natives Uh, but there was a language barrier yeah but the Chinese my Chinese teammates spoke pretty good English they yeah and if not we would use our Google translator or the we'd rely heavily on the girls that spoke English well and they'd you know lead us around town or tell us where to go or bring us places and do all the translating for us. So. Now, I don't know if you mentioned what city you were at. What, what city were you in? Shenzhen, which is like south of South China by Hong Kong. So at that time, when I first got there, do you guys remember the Hong Kong riots that were going on? It's I know it sounds, it's probably super foreign because of everything. There's been so much that have gone on. But Hong Kong at the time was fighting for their their own country because China's trying to take over Hong Kong. So at the time, it was kind of like, I remember my mom was even like, is it safe for you to go over there because of these Hong Kong riots? Uh, trying to, they're, they were just trying to fight and say, we want to be our own nation. We don't want to be part of China. And I honestly, to this, I don't even know how that ended, which is bad of me, but there, a lot happened in that year because COVID hit. So that kind of got overshadowed and I don't really know what happened. So. How close were you to Hong Kong then? Like, like an hour. Oh, okay. Like it was pretty close. You could fly into Shenzhen Airport or Hong Kong. It was about the same distance to where we were. Where we were was kind of like, so Shenzhen was the city. It's kind of a big manufacturing city in China. But it would be comparable to being in like St. Cloud here in Minnesota compared to the Minneapolis. Like it's like an hour car ride. You could take the train. You could get into the city somehow. China gets a lot of grief. In what way? I mean, we heard our former president, Donald Trump, talking about China all the time. Yeah, for sure. China that. Well, then, 
Blame it on China. Yeah. So the What kind of vibe was it over there? At the time so this was pre COVID. This was two thousand I got there in September of nineteen. Yeah, nineteen. And then um, the Hong Kong riots were, to me, like overshadowing things because I was like right there and we were a little bit worried about like what's going to happen. But then COVID hit in November there. COVID like just broke out and it was kind of like, what is this? So November, December, people were wearing masks and our team came in and was like, you guys should probably wear masks if you're outside, like scootering around even. And we're like, well, that's weird. And then all of a sudden, a month later, it's blows up the whole world and yeah kind of put a halt in that team and how we were in China we then moved to Russia um but yeah I get I don't know because the whole China thing when I think of like Donald Trump being like China you know that he he really started doing that when COVID hit pretty bad right he was doing it before and I I guess I'm more asking as in like what was the communist feel over there yeah like did you feel like you were in a communist country you know sometimes yeah it was, and I was trying to definitely keep my eyes open to noticing stuff like that to see what's different here versus, you know, Europe or United States or North America. I never felt unsafe though in China um, until COVID, obviously, but that's a different reason. But as for like their government, I mean, the weird things you'd see, like you'd see soldiers just like walking in unison, like perfect unison, just like through a park. And you're just like, why? You know? It was just weird. So, I don't know. There was, like, little weird things like that, but I never felt unsafe in China. That's for sure. Probably felt more unsafe in Russia just because it was, like, scarier. Was there any big differentiator from there to the United States where that's obviously, like I said, it's a communist country and the United States is a free country? Yeah. So, I guess... Rule-wise or law-wise... Like, so I guess the biggest thing that I noticed too about not having like f- almost like free will or just the choice of how you want to make your life go was some of my teammates didn't want to play hockey. They didn't want to play. And it was sad. And I'd be like talking to them and I'm like, well, what would you do? And this one girl who is so nice, she was like, I want to, I want to be a waiter. Like, I want to try to be a waiter. She's like, I thought it, it, it looks like it'd be so fun. And I'm like, that's super interesting. Like, cause people don't usually want to be waiters. And she was like, I just want to try something else. Like, I don't want to play hockey anymore. And I'm like, well, you should not play then. And she's like, we can't, we have to. Like their government told them that they're playing hockey and they were gifted in it as a child. And they said, this is what you're doing. A lot of them move away to Harbin, which is a city in China. And they pretty much do boarding school and that's their path. So now all these girls that either have stopped playing on the team, they now coach. That's their path. And their education level is pretty, pretty low because they get by through school, but they're not specializing. They're not, they're not in school to become an engineer. They're in school to play hockey. So that was, that's probably the biggest thing that I noticed. Like, okay, this is a, this is a country where you don't really necessarily get to make up your, you don't get to pick how your life is going to turn out. So even if they wanted to stop, they, they couldn't. can't. No. Like legally. Yeah. And they go to well, jail? Well, well, yeah, I don't know. Happen? I don't know. Well, to them, it's like, they're probably like, well, what am I going to do? I think we, so the girl that we were probably closest with, that was a Chinese native girl. I think she tried to tell us that her education level 
was comparable to maybe like an eighth grader in the United States. Like they don't, she, she, great girl, super smart, like could, you know, do anything she wanted in the city. But when it comes to her then getting a job, it's like, what is she going to do? So she's now she's coaching in Wuhan. She literally moved to like after COVID settled, she moved to Wuhan and is like running hockey programs there. So do you still keep in touch? Is she yeah. like a happy person? Yeah, I think so. But yeah, I see her. She's on Snapchat and Instagram, even though those are illegal, but she'll still post things on there. They're illegal? Yeah. In China, you can't have social media other than WeChat, which is their all-encompassing social media. So there's another good example of China being communist. Their government runs their social media. So for us, as USA citizens or anyone that's outside of China, they all told us to download VPNs so you can block your internet so you could like VPN in from a different country through the internet so then you can access your Instagram, your Twitter, your Snapchat, stuff like that. And you'd have to do it like secretively because it's illegal. And I don't think anything really happens. Like I think if the government was after you in China and they knew you had an Instagram, they could then be like, oh, you're going to come with us because you have Instagram that's against the law. But in the end, it's one of those rules that's like not huge like olympic olympic chinese athletes have instagrams like you're not hiding you know what i mean but i wonder how much of that is actually them posting or it's actually that person's narrative like a man what they want to post or if they have like a pr team that's working with the government could be totally it for sure could be um they definitely told us too that don't say things like don't bring up the word trump in wechat which is it's WeChat's their form of texting, their form of social media, Venmo, like that's their money. They pay through WeChat. You get paid on WeChat. You have like your bank on WeChat. It's it's like your all-encompassing tool. And they so we would mess, like our team chats would be in WeChat and they were saying like, watch what you say in there basically. Like don't talk politics. Don't trash China. So it's like the government- because it's kind of legit. Like they monitor that. So, yeah, like, do they own WeChat? Like the yeah, go- the government owns WeChat. Oh, my God. So it's like you can't post things on there. So that was interesting. So it's weird how you said, like, though. you felt so normal, like, there. Like, you didn't feel any, like... I didn't feel like I was being, like, watched or anything. Right. But then they have all these rules that just, yeah. like, you can't... That's just... I mean, I feel lucky to be here. For sure. Yeah. And just seeing... I mean, like how people live like they're people don't own houses there everyone lives in these high-rise apartment buildings so you're funneling you know families and a lot of times they live with you know they're kind of one of those cultures that you take care of your elders so you have a ton of people living in these apartments that are everywhere you I don't think I ever saw a house in China like one individual house like, you don't own a house. You you rent an apartment. And the thing that I found out, too, is that people's businesses, typically you lived in your business's apartment. So our apartment building was, like, three, 13 stories high. And the top eight were team or players. And then the bottom next four were office administrators. And then the bottom ones were our coaches and, like, staff. But our team owned that building. and I And I guess that's how people live like you you live where you your company owns that building i'm sure you can probably opt out to not live there 
but most people will live where their company provides them housing, which is weird. So different. Different, yeah. I shouldn't say weird. It's different. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. Yeah. She sounds so strict and like... Yeah. Huh. For sure. But I like China a lot. Where we were, it was warm, so that was nice. I mean, it was kind of comparable to Florida. It was like palm trees. They kept it up very nice. There's a lot of like... uh nature like trees and flower beds and just like the the city was nice that we lived in and we all had little scooters we could rip around in you could probably go like a couple miles outside of where our apartment building was and hit different malls and find different like foods to eat um so we had more freedom there and it was warm compared to like when we'd go to russia it was cold we didn't have any transportation other than taxis or their form of uber and we didn't no one spoke russian so it was harder but i like china overall did you guys go to russia often yeah we so our league played in russia but we were the only team that was like a foreign team so we were the only outside team outside of russia and we would go to china for about three weeks and a you know a team or two would come fly to us and play us at our home rink and then we'd fly to russia for about three weeks play three different teams and then we'd fly back. We flew back and forth like three or four times, but then COVID hit. And then we had to pack up and move to Russia full time for the rest of the year from January to March. So my time in China got cut pretty much in half. We were supposed to be there a few more months total, but we could not. And I guess same kind of question, was Russia kind of similar to China? Yeah, yeah, similar but different. And it was a lot more hostile. So it was like, I, Russia is a place where I'm, like, I didn't get the warm and fuzzy feelings walking around Russia. It was definitely, people looked at us like, well, first of all, we're stupid Americans, because we are. We didn't know what we were doing there. We didn't know how to speak their language. We'd walk into a restaurant, try to get seated, and they'd, they'd just roll their eyes at you right in front of you. And, you'd, and they'd be like, Ugh. you know, like, God, these Americans, you know, and you're just like, and you'd be like, sorry. And they'd bring us a menu with pictures on it and they'd barely like pay any they'd pay no attention to you. And I don't know if that's maybe just me thinking, oh, waiters in the United States go above and beyond, but or if it was because they didn't like our presence there. I don't know. Where were you at in Russia? Everywhere. We were in Saint Petersburg, Moscow, or a town called Dimitrov. Nizhny Novorog, which is just then like towns in the middle of nowhere in Russia. Ufa is a town name. Um, I like that. There's seven. There's seven Ufa. teams in Ufa. No, Ufa. 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 Yeah, Ufa. they were they were good too. They were the Minnesota, team that Minnesota, Russia, Ufa. Yeah, Ufa. Ufa. <laughs> yeah, there are seven, seven, eight teams total. So seven teams in Russia, and then us. And everyone was at, all over the place. We were in the middle of nowhere a couple times and then we were in like moscow or st petersburg which was nicer but and it's winter january so it's is it you know weather similar here it's probably freezing yeah it yeah. was freezing okay freezing cold some places were better than others but some places were cold like we were in one one town was considered or one team that we played was considered siberia like on snap maps you'd take a photo and you'd swipe over to get the location and it was like siberia I'm like, where are we? <laughs> it's so cold. And we'd walk to the mall. You'd bundle up and you'd try to walk to the mall because that's all we could do was be like, let's go shopping on our days off. I don't know. 
um, especially in these little towns where there's not, you're not sightseeing, you know, the big towns we would, but yeah, and it was just cold and windy and I'm like, why do people live here? I don't know. But yeah, Russia was a little bit, I think a little overall less welcoming and a little bit scarier just in general. But is there any positive, like food or anything? So that, yes. So China's food was very hard. You would typically lose weight. So you'd be in China for three weeks. And we had a team chef. Like, they treated us well. So the third floor of our apartment building was a cafeteria. And we had a private chef that would cook us stuff. But a lot of times you'd be walking through and you'd be like, I couldn't identify a single thing. Like, one time there was those silkworms, fried silkworms, just a tub of them. And you'd be like, not touching that. Or these little crab, not like crab legs, like little crab where I'm like, I don't know how to eat this. And I asked the chef, I'm like, and he cracked open and he's like, you just suck it out. And I'm like, mm, I don't think I'll be doing that. <laughs> <laughs> no, Amy wants her mac and cheese. <laughs> yes. And we, and we did. Every time we'd go home, and people told us that before we got there, they said, bring mac and cheese, bring things that you can cook on a stove top in your apartment because it, that's going to be gold. And it was. Like, you'd be treating yourself if you could somehow whip up a grilled cheese. Cheese is not a huge thing in China. Think of a Chinese meal that has cheese in it, other than a cheese like wonton. That's a good point. They don't do cheese. So, and the, the, the chef would sometimes try to cook us pizza, but it was like pizza with shrimp and onions and corn. It was like, he's trying. It was, he was cute, but it was usually not the best. So... Long story short, you'd be going in uh, China. You'd be there for three weeks, and you'd literally lose weight because you'd you're like, "What am I gonna eat?" <laughs> and then you'd go to Russia, and they had potatoes, like all the good stuff, like real chicken that you could identify, you know, just like the good sauces, and you'd just drown in food there. And then you'd put on all the weight you just lost plus some, and then you'd go back to China and you lose more weight, and then you'd go back to Russia and you'd just eat your face off. Hmm. Yeah. It was interesting. So China takes a big L by not having <laughs> no. cheese. That's oh yeah, that's yeah, brutal. yeah. The cheese part, yes, because I love cheese. I know you do. Uh, but in in general, I liked China. I had a positive experience there. There's a lot of cool things you could do. Like we all got these scooters. You paid like two hundred U.S. bucks for a scooter. And that's how everyone travels there. People have cars, but you mainly see family. You'll see a full family of four on a small scooter ripping down the street. Like a little small little moped? Yeah, like a moped. They'd have a kid between their legs. They'd have a kid between (laughs) the mom and the dad on the back, and they'd be ripping. So we all bought these scooters, and we could just zip around to malls, and we we couldn't... Okay, there is... This is actually kind of cool. You know black markets... Mm-hmm. Just in general, like you'll see them on the streets in New York and stuff. Well, since Shenzhen is the manufacturing capital of China, the black market they had the the world's biggest black market is there, and it's this mall. It was unbelievable. It was our. It was my favorite thing to do. You'd go like on a day off. You'd go there, and you'd bring your cash, and you walk into this mall, and you could find anything. You could find Yeezys, you know, like Louis Vuitton, anything. You find watches, designer, anything, designer, literally whatever you want. And you'd walk up to, so you'd see this little stand or this like little shops, a uh, shoe store. And a lot of times they wouldn't 
they wouldn't advertise that they have Yeezys or the popular shoes at the time that people are looking to buy. But you go in there and you, or they'd ask you, you want Yeezy? And you'd be like, yeah. And they'd literally, I'm not kidding, walk up like a ladder or a shelf and it'd be like their ladder and they'd push a ceiling tile aside and they'd disappear for five minutes and come back with a box, like a handful of Yeezys. And they'd crawl out of the ceiling and they'd say, which one you like? What size are you? And then you could try on Yeezys and you then once you decided, oh, I want these ones, they'd be like, okay, well, what's the going rate for like a U.S. pair of Yeezys? Like a couple hundred bucks? They're expensive. I like, thought they were like... 300 bucks? Yeah, like 300. Yeah. So they so they throw yeah. that number at you. They And they're, it's all in um, the Chinese uh, currency. Yen? Yen or... Yen or, yen or yen Japanese. No, we uh, called it something else. I can't remember. It's not pounds. Pounds is no. European. Yen? Um, no. It was... Yen uh, is Japanese. I don't know why I can't think of it. But you had to do the conversion rate, so you'd be on your phone, like, doing calculators and stuff and dividing it by whatever. And they'd start you at 300 and then you just haggle. It was so fun. It could be 25 bucks. <laughs> Literally. So you knew, like, okay, I'm not going to spend more than 20 bucks on these pair of shoes. So they'd say $300, and you'd look at them, and you, you could... They're so, like charismatic and like animated and all Chinese people were that I found they were all super just animated so you look at them and you just start you could start screaming at each other but like in a fun way and you'd be like are you kidding me you think I'm stupid like you know you'd be like I know these aren't real and they'd be like yeah yeah but they're good quality it was always good quality you know this is good quality and they'd be like feeling the soul and you'd be like Oh, I'd pay five dollars, and then and then they'd look at you and be like, they'd be like, pretty much like f you, and then you'd be like, and they'd be like, no, no, okay, then two hundred, and I'd be like, seven dollars. I'm not paying more than seven, and then all of a sudden, before you know it, you're at twenty, and then you're like, deal, and then you walk away at twenty. It was so fun. So, and I found like you, you'd go home and you'd or you'd research like what do I want to find in the black market, and I knew I wanted to get me and Jake these matching Gucci shirts. And ended up being our Christmas card I that remember. year. I still have the card. Yeah, so I searched the mall, and I was trying to find my T-shirt stands, and I found a couple, and of course the lady goes up into the ceiling. I think I have a photo on my phone of her crawling into the ceiling, because I'm like, this is wild. She comes back with a stack of Gucci shirts in all sizes and colors, and then we haggled, I got them, and it was unreal. So are they kind of knockoff, or is it like... Yeah, so yeah. everything's knockoff. Nothing, yeah. nothing is real, but... The crazy thing about the black market is it would get raided by the police daily. So, because it's illegal and everyone knows it's illegal. But what they would do is, since they don't advertise it, like it's not the thing you see typically out in in the stand. So like, let's just go back to the Yeezys. Like they, they pull them out from behind the wall. Like they'll move the dre- like the the shelf and they'll pull out a bag of watches or whatever you're looking for. Ray-Bans, like sunglass store. The, everything they're showing is just they look like any other you know target brand nothing name brand but then you ask the lady who is our plug she was it was like bella's sunglasses was like the name of her store and we'd be like ray-bans and she'd pull back like the glass wall and she'd pull out a bag of ray-bans that were fake but they looked real you would never tell you would never tell literally never tell but then you'd find stuff that looked crappier than others. You know, you'd find, like, I, there's a couple Gucci shirts I found in my hunt. And I'm like, these don't look real. Or, like, the logo is messed up, you know, or whatever. So you'd kind of be your own quality police, but everything's fake. So that was fun. 
That was like my favorite activity to do. I feel like Peggle I have a blast just, barbering. Oh, you like, would have loved like, it. Like, right. It almost like every place you go into sounds almost like where Harry Potter would get his wand. From. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, similar to that. Yeah, Hollivanders. Yeah, Hollivanders. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, no, it was. That was definitely like the highlight. We probably went to the black market like five times at least. We were only in. I mean, at, yeah, whenever we had off days. But it was fun because you'd come home and you'd come back to the apartment and you'd just show your haul. Like, I got this for $3. I got, you know, this sick Louis. Yeah, I got Jake a cool Louis Vuitton, like, duffel bag just for fun. Yeah. Yeah. Does he use the duffel bags? Though? Sometimes, yeah. Did I make you him, have a couple pairs of Yeezys, too? I did. I brought, I bought a sweet pair of Yeezys, but then they ended up being ultimately too small. So I gave them to my sister. Oh. But, yeah. I wish I could have got... I should have bought so much more or even those little fajal we call them fajal raven backpacks those like from sweden you'd recognize them if you saw them those were everywhere too i wonder how fake they actually were because i feel like the yeah distribution and the manufacturing was actually out in china yeah we we wondered the same thing and i feel like people would try to use that to us they'd be like no same factory like great quality same factory and you'd be like i don't know like who's telling the truth i mean you're just trying to sell us but isn't it i've heard it's like some with defects like they'll sell the ones with some like defects or something and those will go to the black market and then like, i don't know like minor little things but i, I again yeah, i have no idea i'm not sure i've just heard that but that was a lot of fun and you could you could walk in and there'd be personal shoppers so they i mean you walk in being a american and they gravitate toward you and be like what can i help you find and then they would make a cut I guess of what you bought at the stores that they bring you to because there'd be I mean out of shoe stores there would probably be 10 in the whole mall so they want to bring you to their friend's shoe store where they get a profit but it was actually helpful I got a sweet Balenciaga fur like denim coat some Balenciaga <laughs> on the back it's so it was so stupid but would cost thousands here probably. yeah yeah I don't know I probably got it for like 15 bucks <laughs> why not yeah you wear that out in Minneapolis, you're like a baller. I did wear it out one time. You can't really see the Balenciaga on the back. This hood, or like the neck piece kind of covers it, but I felt baller. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if I saw someone wearing Balenciaga, Balenciaga, I would definitely say something. Yeah. Like, Whether wow. I'd talk to them or Except I would Except for I wore mine like, to truck park. It's like, something. yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was like a denim jacket. I'm sure no one saw the Balenciaga. They probably just thought I was wearing a denim jacket, <laughs> <laughs> which I was. But so you just packed everything into a suitcase and and came back. Yeah. All the all the all the black market goods. Yeah. Well, you'd come home for Christmas and you'd like drop everything off basically, oh, okay. and bring home everything else that you didn't use, so you can make more space for black <laughs> market stuff. <laughs> Running a little side business. I could have. I honestly could have, knowing what I know now. But that's all right. It was funny too because we'd get these hookups. Like uh, we had this guy called Bag Guy. And he was our go-to for bags, like Louis Vuitton bags. Like people came home with so many bags because that's like the hot ticket knockoff thing. Get yourself a nice Louis V. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, yeah. Or bag or backpack or whatever it is. Yep. So then you got else? back. I mean, you were in Russia. You won the championship. Like, were you? Yeah. I mean, you were playing games a lot. You were traveling. Like, how fun was it to actually play the games, like, with your team? And, like, was it some of the best hockey you've ever played? 
myself personally? Yeah. Probably not. No. Only, I don't know. I think, I mean, I think the best hockey I was playing was probably like my senior year of college when I was, I mean, I'm in shape. I'm training all day, every day. Whereas I kind of took the summer off, not knowing I was going to go to China. I wasn't necessarily training for it. So going in, I was like, dang, I'm not really in tip top shape for this. But we had a person, like we had a team trainer and we got in shape as you go on. I mean, hockey players know too, you can't really train for hockey other than, you can't get in hockey shape other than playing hockey. You can get in shape, but it doesn't translate on the ice. It's weird. Like you'll be tired. You'll feel like you haven't worked out a day in your life, even if you've been working out for months before just takes playing games that makes sense yeah toward the end of the year i thought i was probably doing fine but yeah so that's kind of personally you were playing your best you think your senior year of college but what about competition wise competition wise it wasn't the best um like even sweden's league was probably better um or at the time when i played in in the nwhl here in the u.s that was probably better hockey um the russian girls are I mean they're behind like I think they're just they're a little bit behind in in society I think too and I I guess I could touch on a few things that I noticed in Russia too but in their style of play women's sports is super behind in Russia like women's sports is not it's probably what the U.S. was back in the 90s like it's not funded well it's not like the rinks we played in weren't glamorous like so that's why I mean the best hockey for sure was is probably in the United States is probably college hockey right now just because you have the resources to back it um but yeah so Russia this is one thing I noticed too they like they sexualize their women for in sports a lot so, like, for example, they had um, a team calendar was a way that they fundraised, a team calendar photo shoot. So each team would send a girl or two, and they'd had a full calendar January through December. And it was, like, scandalous photos. They were naked with flowers or different nature things, like, over their breasts and their other areas. And it was, like, a, this sexual photo shoot, and they marketed it, like, come to our women's hockey games. And no one on my team ended up going because we were 10 hours away from Russia. So no one ended up going, but we were, like, laughing. We're like, who was supposed to go? <laughs> like, yeah. What would it have been like? Like, <laughs> like would you have said no? Honestly, would I thing? have said I don't know. If they said you're going to do it, I'd probably have been like, okay, I'll do no it. Way. <laughs> but I probably wouldn't have known what was coming, you know. Send a calendar Until to all of a sudden they're posting these things on, on Instagram, and I'm like, what? is this league like this isn't hockey like in the united states they're not doing stuff that blatant where they're sexualizing their athletes to sell tickets that's literally what they're doing and they didn't uh, and they didn't sell tickets well not as blatantly in the u.s maybe not as blatantly but yeah espn magazine the uh, swimsuit edition or whatever yeah but they do that with men too and uh, right yeah. or like the the body edition the body yeah, yeah. that's what i'm talking yeah. about yeah yeah so yeah. that was that was weird and that was a big thing I noticed how women are just like it's just not it's just not where it is the rest of the world that's where you can kind of see their maybe it's their communist rubbing off on them they're just a little behind I think in general 
and I don't know if it, we learned a lot about history too in Russia, like the fall of the Soviet Union, and you'd go into a city like St. Petersburg, and they, if you were with anyone with one of our friends who knew history, she'd read up on books before we'd go into cities, and she was like our history teacher, she'd be like, yeah, so you can see on this side of the river, it's all new architecture, it looks like modern, um, like westernized or European architecture, and then on this side of the river, it's pre-Soviet Union, so everything looks the way that that looks, old and kind of run down, and she's like, but that's because this side of the, of the river got blown up in wars and stuff, and it all got rebuilt, so that's all new, and I'm like, dang, that's crazy, just to learn about their history. They're still going through it right now, for God's <laughs> yeah, sake. no kidding. What a time to be talking about it, actually. Yeah, my team is still there. People are no still way. there. Yeah, people are still there playing. Can they leave? Or, is, like, they're welcomed? And they're- they were there. I mean, they've been there since beginning of the year. Because they, since COVID hit, the team's never gone back to China. They just keep living. The last past two seasons, they've been living in Russia. They, like, made a new home rank there. And they just kind of, I think they hotel it. They make a hotel like their home. And that's where they have been living. Are there Americans? Yeah. Yeah. So this last year... Like, one of my friends that just went back, she was there for a week, and I was texting her before she went. I'm like, you don't, are you sure you want to go? Like, Russia's about to start a war. And this was all in talks. Like, it was all, it was on the news, and she's like, I think it's fine. They wouldn't have us back if it wasn't safe. She came home, like, five days later, because it was getting bad. And I'm like, yep, uh, probably said you shouldn't go, but. So is there anyone still there? Yeah. And they're safe, like. I mean, I wouldn't consider anywhere right. in Russia safe. But as far as but like they're being still playing a, games, yeah. Like being an American, they're not like yeah. trapped or anything. I like do that. think most of the Americans are gone now, but there's a couple like Finnish girls. There's a bunch of Chinese girls. Um, they have now a couple like Russians on the team, um, but I think most of the U.S. or Canada girls have since withdrawn themselves. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. you would like, think they could hold those girls hostage. Yeah, like, I wouldn't go. I mean, the, gov- yeah. the government. Could. Totally. Isn't there a basketball player, like a professional yeah. women's basketball so. player? But she got, she got caught with Wasn't it a weed pen? weed pen at the airport, but she's going to be in custody for a while. It's in Russia? Yeah. It's like a well-known women's basketball player. Yeah, she, I mean, it's a big story. Yeah, she's been there since, I think, like, February. She's been in Russian jail, Prison. basically. Yeah. With yeah. no intent to release her soon. Because she got caught with a weed pen in the airport. Brutal. Yeah. Not the smartest to bring during a war, but, you know. No. But I think that was even, like, pre... Oh, it was before. Pre-war, barely, but okay. yeah. Well, I don't know everything, but still... What is the game? Sniff or what? Yeah. Oh, block. (laughs) (laughs) Block. (laughs) Yeah. Crazy. That is crazy. That is wild. And that's wild to hear about, I mean, the the communism and uh, being in two communist countries. Yeah. But they were so different. Yeah. They were both communists, but they were so different, I thought. Probably very similar, but very different. Just overall the experience, like, I I like China. I thought it was a good experience. But that also probably was because people people were nicer to us Americans because they don't see us as much, especially in the outskirts of the big cities. 
people were constantly taking photos of us on the street and you'd just be like what and you realize like oh yeah it's because I'm blonde and like they don't have blonde people here a lot so people would just snap pictures where I'm like okay well that got old after a while but it's kind of interesting you know I feel welcomed they want to see me where I'm in Russia and they're like get out of here you idiot (laughs) (laughs) well you couldn't have timed your trip any better like before you got it like just when COVID was starting you got out of there kind of yeah we barely right at the end of our season when I was there it was beginning of March and that's when it got bad here in the U.S. Right, like lockdown. So we, yeah, we just got out of there. Like, my sister was texting me, like, you have to get home. Like, I'll find flights for you. Like, get home. And I'm like, Laura, I have thousands of dollars on the line. I have to stay. Yeah, <laughs> for real. But we all got home and didn't Literally. get didn't catch COVID till months and months and months later. But It's funny you say that about the blondes because when we were in Barcelona, people would go up to Nick and take pictures with Nick. And be like, you are such a beautiful man. <laughs> yeah. Beautiful blonde, blue-eyed man. <laughs> yeah. They had never seen, yeah. or they had never been around. They thought he was, like, famous. Really? And you do look like you're a really famous actor. Yeah. Okay. yeah. And maybe I'm hyping it up a little bit more, <laughs> but you you remember shirt. being on the boardwalk in Barcelona. I do remember that. That happened, like, one time, though. Was it kind of cool, though? No, it did not. It happened a couple different times. I smiled in the picture. Yeah. But, I mean, I don't know. It was just, like, what's going on? This is weird. When we were on the Great Wall of China, and one of my teammates later told us why this happened, but we stopped. So I was, I broke off with one of my other teammates. We kind of got separated, and we're climbing the Great Wall. And we stopped to take a photo. Someone would come up, and they'd be like, hey, photo, like, can we take a photo? And I'd be like, sure. And all of a sudden, there's 15 people in line trying to take a photo with me and her, the Americans. And I'm, eventually we had to say no more because we're just trying to be tourists too. So we told our, our Chinese teammate about this and she goes, that's because a lot of people don't ever see a blonde person or an American other than outside the TV. And especially some of these people, because the Great Wall is a, it's a huge tourist attraction even for people in China. And a lot of these people will save up their lifetime earnings to make their one trip to, China, like to the Great Wall. So a lot of these older people we saw, this might be their first time climbing the wall, but it also might be their first time ever leaving their little community. So they probably never saw an American in their life in person. And I'm like, dang, now I feel feel bad that I didn't stop and take a photo with all of them that wanted to. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. And people would just like grab your hair and... Really? I mean, eventually I was kind of like, dang, this sucks. Like this is... This is what Justin Bieber's got to feel like, right? In a crowd, being like, can people just leave me alone? Like, I'm just trying to chill. Exactly. And dr- climb the Great Wall. <laughs> climb the Great Wall. Yeah. That's but, one thing I definitely want to go to China at some point in my life. I would love to see some of the things there. Yeah. I just, the architecture, the Or the just landscape. experience a different world. Right. Yeah. But now I definitely, because before that, I, I didn't, I guess I didn't have like a desire to go to Asia but now that I went there, we were able to go to Thailand for a quick weekend because it was like a three-hour flight. We finished our game and we're like, let's jump to Thailand quick. It was super cheap and we did that. I'm like, this is the most beautiful place I've ever seen in my life. Like, you can't beat Thailand beaches. And then I learned about Indonesia and Bali and we were trying to go there, but then COVID hit. Um, 
But yeah, I'm like, there's so much more of the world in Asia that I had no idea about before I went to this and had this experience. Now I'm like, I got to get back there. Too bad the flights are like 18 hours, so. Yeah. It's tough. And they got to be kind of expensive, I'm sure. Yeah, for sure. Hmm. So. The plan was to travel after hockey, but then the world had a different plan. (laughs) (laughs) The world had a different agenda. Yeah. For sure. Yep. It stinks, but I mean, wow. So you won the championship, and then you came home, and then was hockey kind of just, like, now I was like, dang, and now I need to start my life? Well, I was kind of thinking about doing it one more year, and then COVID really just ruined it. It was, COVID didn't stop, and it was the team's now going to live in Russia full-time, and I was like, I don't think my mental health can take it. Because it was going back to China between, you know, going from Russia to China was like a mental break because you finally got the sunlight. Like China, Russia was dark. It was like, it was gloomy. And it was, we were kind of between end of, end of winter, going into spring. And it was just like bad weather that you don't want to be in for months and months straight. That's exactly how I picture Russia. That's, totally. how, that's how I pictured it too. And that's how it was. That's crazy. Yeah. Here. Yeah, it was like very dusty, very dirty, very just not well kept. Even like the big cities like St. Petersburg where people say that's the prettiest place in Russia. I'm like, dang, that's the place that they're advertising, you know? No wonder why everyone's just pissed off over there. It just sucks. No, I'm kidding. I don't don't know. Kind of though. I don't know. In a way, kind (laughs) of. That was Nick. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know what? They deserve it right now. They're good. Kind of jerks. <laughs> yeah. So it was uh So you didn't have so you came back and you didn't Yeah. And you had Yeah, so I decided I wasn't gonna go back because I just figured I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna probably enter the real workforce again and it was fun while I was able to do it. I had a lot of fun, but I don't think I can And you did well. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was like phys or hockey wise and and financially, too. Financially I came, and, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was able to put a down payment on our house because I didn't have any expenses while I was there other than what I wanted to eat on my free time and, and maybe taxes? sightsee. Taxes, yeah. anything? Again, we're not going to incriminate ourselves <laughs> on this podcast. Uh-huh. Well, no, I think it's part of the no. No, yeah. the, team, um, the team was very, uh, you're, you're, you were paid via a wire transfer from the British Virgin Islands. So it was very, um, we thought about that a lot, about is this legal, what this Billy guy is doing? Is he using us as a laundering? We thought, I don't know, these are just all hypothetical. Yeah. <laughs> but we thought about that. We're like, what happens if like someone, like a member of the government or something says, what do you guys know? We'd be like, we have no idea. Right. We're just getting paid through wire transfers and... Playing hockey. Playing hockey. So. Billy is the name of the guy who did that fire fest. Yeah, different Wasn't guy. Wasn't that a Billy guy? Yeah, yeah. different guy. The fire festival. I remember, yeah, it was Billy something. <laughs> I had tickets to that. No, you didn't. <laughs> Nick was at fire Yeah. <laughs> I showed up. Nick was selling something. <laughs> Getting influencers to go. Oh, boy. Yeah. Well, dang. That's, I mean, that's amazing. And I'm sure you have a ton of other stories, but we're... Yeah, kind of almost an hour and a half now. So is there anything that you can leave the listeners with or any final story that you want to leave people with? 
think the last thing I'll leave the listeners with, with is if you get a chance to do something and you're worried about how it's going to affect your resume or all these cliche things, just screw it and do it because you'll never regret it. I mean, there was a lot of good and bad things or not even bad, but hard things that came with it. But overall, I'm like, it one didn't affect my career path at all. I got a great job when I came home, I think because I played hockey. So it's, it's all about who you know. And yeah, don't, don't be afraid to do something crazy because I definitely don't regret it. Well, thanks, Amy. Yeah, thanks, guys. Yeah, thanks that's amazing, me. honestly. I think uh, that'll resonate with a lot of people. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, resonates take with... a chance. Because you'll meet cool people, you'll see cool things, and hopefully you'll come out on top still and be able to use that in the rest of your life and apply that to place. I mean, I use that in, res- or in interviews and stuff. I'm like, yeah, I lived in China for a year, even though it wasn't quite a year again. Don't... <laughs> but you could say that, you know. Yeah. yeah. Sets you apart. It's awesome. Yeah. So. Yeah. Thank but thank you, you so guys much. for having me. This was fun. This was a lot of fun. I learned a lot. Yeah, I learned a ton. That was an awesome conversation. Oh, thanks. <laughs> well. Good night. <laughs> yeah. Thank you all for listening. We uh, we love you. Nick, you got anything to? We yeah. love you. This is so much fun. Episode 7. This was great. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, thanks guys. Have a good night. Success, I speak it. I caught a buzz and you did too, but you tweaking. I look like I've been getting money, how reeking. You smell me, that's LV. Walk around with my chest out and my skin smooth, I'm healthy. I'm in a mix and I'm handshaking, but most of y'all can't help me. Most of y'all ain't wealthy. Most of y'all just dress like it. I caught the vibe that y'all giving off and I'm trying to make myself less like it. This chick got a little Porsche body, I might let the bro test drive it. It's hard for me to get excited. I love music and stress about it. My city honing, I'm co-signing this wave coming up next. Started. Riding around in the shotgun and her Tesla Hanging both of my legs out it like, what's up? I got stakes and they too hot, now nah, I can't fuck up I like girls that's down to earth, so don't be stuck up I don't take L's, I give them out and I chuck them up First listen, they hearing this shit like, what the fuck? Ten toes, that's my M.O. Fam over gram, that's my M.O. Fucking close friends, I got friends that I keep close and they let it go while I reload like TSA just open my book bag up and my chain hitting like King's back in his hometown when them wheels hitting, I touch down they She down low three point stands, I'm back there doing jack dance like Fashionista, but I'm fly though. And I know I gave up drinking, but I'm high though. Told her I don't come from here, but you can try though. I'm not on top of this shit yet, but I'm that guy though. I take a look around at my confidence, just wide open, big whip and slide open. I know this, they treat me like I'm chosen. Eyes open, heart clean, and my mind focused. This shit just keeps going how I wrote it. How the hell did you doubt us? I mean, back then it made sense, but it's like, now what? Got
Everybody down to come round just to be round us. You ain't one of my dogs, why do you hound us? It's very few of you I like, but it's a whole lot of y'all I don't trust. Cause ten toes, that's my MO. Fam over gram, that's my MO. Fucking close friends, I got friends that I keep close and they let it go while I reload. Like, TSA just opened my book bag up and my chain hitting like, King's back in his hometown when them wheels hitting, I touch down, nigga. She download three point stands, I'm back there doing jack dance like, Thank you all for listening. We love you.